Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the new kids on the block for the always entertaining, sometimes wild takes that we bring to you. Don't forget to like and subscribe below and keep a lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word, for daily updates and content. Also, make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com and use our code DynastyDog to get a free $25 on top of your $10 deposit. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. Sorry we're running a day late on you, but we are here. Week nine in the books. Got a lot to talk about. Got our boy Nikki back. So the crew is back together. Um, really excited. Uh, there's been some really crazy, uh, stuff going on this last week or so. Obviously the OBJ drama. Um, we got to cover that. Going to talk our boys fields, the bears, talk a little bit of Javante, Tony and the New York giants. Obviously I got to circle back on the Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift conversation. And, uh, there's a Gibson buy low window. Um, a few other things too. What? Without further ado, how are we doing boys? Yeah, we're doing good. I'm glad to be back. Left you guys hanging last week, but the boys picked it up. Um, yeah, we got a lot, a lot to talk about. An ugly, ugly week. A lot of low scores. Um, God, it sucked this week, bro. It it's did, but we're getting into the heat of it, the thick of it. We're ready yeah. to win you guys the championships. This is when it happens. This is when the 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 so good, and the champions get separated. <laughs> Oh man, it it was it was a fairly good week for me. Um, there was a lot of good football play this week, and there's gonna be some lower scores, you know, with weather getting bad now and all that kind of, you know, that not fun stuff. And we're missing the Yeti. Derrick Henry is the best in this. Team. Oh yeah, right. I hope he comes back, man. We gotta did talk he, about that too. Did he miss his matchup against Jacksonville this year? Um, he had one at least. They <sighs> at least played them once. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> Because he always goes for like 202 against them. Yeah, he was going to play him again week 14. Oh. <laughs> oh, sheesh. All right. Well, oh, well. So, uh, you know, this podcast, we are big Justin Fields fans over here. <laughs> Particularly Johnny. I, I think I'm second one. on that. I still, still got my QB1. <laughs> I'm third, and, but I love the kid. <laughs> yeah. So we all like him. And I think everybody was watching Monday night. We just wanted to take a second to address how how great and special he is and will be, whether it's next year and Nagy's not there or whether it's four or five years down the line. You know, he's an incredible talent. And, you know, there, there was never truly a buy window, I guess you would say. I don't know how you guys feel on that. If, well, if- I got him pretty low, honestly. I think there was a few weeks. A few weeks there was a quote unquote buy window. But I, I see what you're saying. Keep going. So. It's it's just awesome to see, like you know, Debbie picks whether whether you got him there, or you got him in rookie draft, you know, the one four one five spot. It's awesome to see young kids kind of ascend and take the moment like that. And he didn't win, but he, he was fantastic. Down the field twice, yeah. Fan- he, the first he was, time to score a touchdown, yep. And then the second time he put him right before. Field. Now I will say, like obviously, some rookie mistakes, like on that play before they kicked the field goal, he looked to the right for a quick out. Where if he went to the left, there was a guy wide open in the flat, and he could, yeah. you know, gain three, four yards, got a you know better chance for the field goal, and, and maybe they win the game. Who knows? But the thing about it is, a lot of people are saying, "Oh yeah, he looked terrible for parts of that game." He's a rookie. Like, come on, guys. Like, let's. Anyone that Steelers. watched that and thought he looked terrible. Doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah, just come I mean, on. but like here's the end of here's the here's the end all be all, right? Like people want to talk about where's the flashes, where's the where's the reasons why a team should have taken him. Like you saw it. Flashes are everywhere. Yeah, where's the penalties like, holding him back, taking oh, his touchdowns away? Where's Jimmy drive, Graham getting though? four red zone targets for oh, some yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. reason? There's but so some much of those crap some of those throws though, like when you watch him play, like you see it, like those are NFL throws and his ability to yeah. get in and out of the pocket and move. Like I'm telling you, man, like I get where people come from when they say these guys are, you know, not NFL ready or not in a position to be great quarterbacks. I think that Trevor Lawrence has shown flashes. I think that Justin Fields has shown flashes. Mac Jones. Yeah. Maybe you can call him a game manager. He's doing what they're telling him to do and he's doing it really well. So like, to me, that shows like if he can master that, get him a downfield threat, get him a legitimate alpha wide receiver. Then let's see if he can be more of a, you know, push the ball down the field kind of guy. Um, Zach Wilson, I, listen, I said it. I, I don't want to be like a Zach Wilson hater on this show. His arm talent is there, but there's a lot 
to be, he leaves a lot to be desired for me. He's no Mike White. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a rookie. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy that's over here just hating on him. I think there has been those throws where you say, okay, there's that arm talent you've seen. He needs to pick it up in other areas. But at the same time, we're talking about fields. I just think it's really cool to see him show why he's that guy that they took, why they moved up for him, and why the Carolina Panthers and Denver Broncos are going to be kicking themselves for a while when you have a franchise quarterback fall on your lap and you're like, yeah, we're going to take a, a, a defensive back. And look, Patrick Sertain hasn't been bad. But J.C. Horn looks like he's going to be a stud, but he's out for the year now. So it's like, you know, what did that really do for you? And now you're talking about replacing Sam Darnold. Matt Rule was coach of the year week three. What are we we doing now? Everyone is making fun of him. Um, In reference to that, let's talk D.J. Moore, man. Um, Hold on. There's also one thing we didn't bring up that we have to cover. I wish we had a drop. Dude, Brandon Ayuk, he's back. Oh, let's go. Dude, the last two weeks. He's, he's let's been go. a ton of routes. And they keep Sherlock's losing. Good. That means Trey time's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dude, if you guys haven't read this article, so l- earlier today I was on Twitter, and I'm going to plug somebody really quick because it's a phenomenal article by Benjamin Solak, and he talks about so he wrote this about the two men running the sinking ship in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, the office offensive designer and Kyle Shanahan, the personnel executive. One got the 49ers to a Super Bowl. The other is actively keeping, keeping them away from another one. If you want to read something that's really good about that team and that offense and the way they're, they're kind of operating right now, really, really good read. I'm not going to give any spoilers on it because I want people to read it and actually take the time. Cause I think Ben did a really good job with the piece, but um, yeah, it's good to see Brandon Ayuk actually finally getting utilized again. And it's funny because everybody was like, maybe he wasn't that good. And it's like, nah, Shanahan's just a dickhead. We, we, he is what we thought he was. <laughs> maybe you're fucking blind. You don't think he's good. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But yeah. And, so And Kittle hundred yard game and a touchdown. And a touchdown. Dude. Yeah. I, everybody who Kittle's not top three. He's not. Yo, who I tweeted that, that who, shit out. And most that? people yeah, yeah, said yeah. he's not top three. Which I, listen, I didn't want to say anything. I let everybody vote, but it, I looked at that tweet and literally laughed to myself. God, I should, I should go send some offers for Kittle. And I did. Um, I have him in two leagues, I believe. I'm all, I'm in five dynasties, um, five or six, but I'm in, I, ha- I have him in two leagues and I sent out a couple offers and was going back and forth with some owners and I'm in the middle of a trade for him right now, which obviously is going to be a little bit tougher after his good week. But dude, listen, Kittle's a monster. Like they didn't sign him for all that money just to let him be a blocker. Like people get a little nervous. He's a freak. Injuries. He's like football, literally. Man. Guys get hurt. Like insane. Jesus. Oh He's- man. All right, DJ Moore. Let's talk about it. Where are we where are we at with him? Are we still are we still in the top five? Are we still feeling feeling good? Obviously, not having a quarterback is hurting him, but yeah. I mean, the te- we saw the talent. We saw what the first yeah. four or five weeks. We saw what he is. It's just what now? Yeah, we definitely did see the talent, and I, I feel like it's you know like it has to be done. I guess you would say where you know you knock him a few spots just because there is uncertainty if they find the guy to get him the ball. But I think I think we see how horrible Sam Donald is. And even though they might not find a franchise guy this offseason, they'll find a guy. And whoever that random dude is, he'll be better than Sam Donald. I'm just so, saying, it could be Jimmy G. It could be some random guy. It could be Jimmy G. It could be Taylor Heineke. It could be my mom, bro, it whoever could be, it is. It could be Aaron Rodgers, bro. It could be Deshaun Watson. You're like, right. You really, yeah. You just don't know. Russell like, Wilson. For me, yeah, and and for me, like DJ Moore, like I think I mentioned it last week. I may bump him down a, a spot or two. I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna stand firm on conviction with him. I feel that the talent is is beyond there. The target share will be there. He's truly proven he's an alpha. His route running is absurd. He has great hands. He's able to high point the ball. He he can do everything that you want in a wide receiver one. And and it's not just like he's the guy that is a great wide receiver. He blocks. He's the guy that's going to play almost every down. And and I remember listening to Matt Rule talk about him, about how well he knows the playbook and how they can state the first part of the play. And he's already running out to get in his position for the, before the play gets started, before the, they, they get snapped. And like, he knows the playbook as good as the quarterback does. Like to me, a guy like that man and, and the love that Matt Rule has for him, this kid's about to get paid. He's 24 years old. He's proven elite. He's still top five for me, guys. Um, that's where I value him. Top five? 
I think I have him at six. I don't think right I now. ever had him top Honestly. five, but he's right around there. He's great. I think I have him at six, and I'm, I'm tempted to. Then again, a few spots in rankings. Doesn't you have him at six, Johnny. He's yeah. still high. Yeah, I have him at six. He's in my tier two, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I won't move him up a spot right now. I don't see the need to do that. But yeah, he's at spot six. He's in my tier two wide receivers. Um, honestly, I, I'll i probably have – so Jamar Chase is, is going to jump. Um, to five for me. I have him. Jamar Chase better be top five for everybody. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I think he's proven his talent and his ability. But, yes, yeah, so that's where I'm at on DJ. Um, I, I think you guys can both agree there. So let's talk about Javante Williams. Wait, wait, one thing I wanted to say to just to jump in. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Um, but Matt Rule took over the job while DJ Moore was going into his sophomore season. And we know everybody wants their guy and whatnot and so forth. But he came in and he made – you know what? He coached Robbie Anderson at Temple. He drafted Terrace Marshall, all that yada yada yada, and DJ Moore remains above all. So, and DJ yeah. Moore declined his offer to Temple. Um, he joked about that when he. Oh he yeah, I remember job. that. Yeah, he yeah, that was funny. Um, so, he, you know, guy. yeah, like you know, he didn't draft him, but it, it, it's obvious, and it's not one of those situations where. You know, oh, in two years, they're going to have a new GM and they're going to want to get him out of there. Like, no, DJ Moore is him. He is the guy. DJ Moore doesn't need a great quarterback. He doesn't. He just needs the one who's who's half decent. Reminiscent of almost Hopkins. Like, he could have anyone back there and he'll be great. Like, yeah, he'll be but great. bro. I no, I'm not it. saying he is him. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just no, saying no, it's no, very no. comparable in the fact that he doesn't need a great I agree with you, but I need him to have that, bro. Because no, I need course. that wide receiver Dude, one season. Sean Watson, get out of here. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, let's let's talk Javante right now. Yes. So his value is interesting because Con was right. Shout out to Con with that take, bro. <laughs> yeah, I will take that. Javante over Najee and Dynasty. So here's I'm the- kicking myself. Over that trade I made with this man over here, this goddamn Italian get over on everybody. Come on, man. Oh, my God. So here's the problem. (laughs) Najee has not been extremely efficient. Uh, Everyone can agree on that. He's getting a ton of volume, and it's put him in a position where he's essentially become, you know, a top five running back this season. Like James Robinson last year. Forced to be. Yeah. But here's the thing that I think is kind of the counter argument to that. Ben Roethlisberger is cooked. Con called that before the season. We kind of argued back and forth about the value of that offense and the playmakers, and you called it right. He's just not the same quarterback. He does not have the capability to support that type of offense. So that's understandable. I think that Najee can become more efficient with yes. better QB play. Agreed. You know, obviously better their O-line. offensive line, you know, needs to be figured out to an extent, but they have the weapons and they have the capability. Now, listen, I'm not saying Najee is going to be a top 10 efficient running back. You know what I mean? But here's the point. Mike Tomlin loves workhorse running backs. That's always been the case over there. If Najee can stay healthy and he's going to get a a decent dose of 70 targets and, you know, 250 plus. Yeah. On the ground. Like, listen, I get it. I'm not saying Javante isn't a better talent, but when you look at that workload, Listen, it's like I said to you guys, for the next two to three years, you can enjoy fucking Najee Harris all you want. And guess what? In two seasons, when he's fucking still top five, you can trade him before the drop-off ever happens. And what do you do? You gain all the value you need to gain. So I get a lot of people are sitting here saying, trade Najee for Javante Plus. Trade. No one's fucking doing that. So stop saying it on Twitter. Like, it's not going to happen. No one's going to do it. So if you want to just enjoy the spoils of war that you have with Najee, do that. It's okay. Listen, I love Javante Williams. Akan and I talked about it before the season. I had gone back and forth between him being my RB1 and, and Najee. The workload and the situation will keep Najee where he's at. And some people need to understand, because I see a lot of people on Twitter pumping this garbage out where they're saying what they're saying about Najee and Javante. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes situation reigns supreme. There's been players over the years that are in a good spot and they're not like It's not like Najee's others. not talented. No. Najee's, Najee's very talented. But Javante is a much more efficient 
runner and he's explosive and his ability to get in and out of his brakes are just, I mean, bro, when he's, when he's, he running, carries people on his back, dude, that machine. run he had last week was absolutely, insane. <laughs> he's so nuts, fun man. to watch. He's nuts. Bro. And Con, I don't have this number in front of me. What's his target pace. Isn't it like 50, 60? It, it's about 65. I it's think 60, that's, right? that's splitting reps with Melvin. Yeah, Gordon. yo, he's going to ha- be a receiving back. He's like a pinball machine. <laughs> this dude is, everything you want yeah. and he's listen, getting a light he rips long runs already he is had, yeah. i think I he's gonna this. have fresh ass legs going into year two with a full workload like yeah. at the beginning of the season if you guys remember i said i felt he was going to be very reminiscent of jk dobbins rookie year start off a little slow he's in a timeshare he's not getting all the work and as the season goes on his value explodes and he becomes yeah. a guy everybody wants what happened last year with jk dobbins the same effing thing bro and it's like people want to sit around and play this game of when's he gonna pop when's he gonna pop learn to evaluate talent and stick with your process i'm gonna pivot i'm gonna stop (laughs) effing pivoting like if you believe something stick with it elijah moore was a good talent coming out of college and guess fucking what he hit when they actually were throwing him passes he could catch and he was getting utilized in the correct role. Some of these players are not utilized properly. And I said it three weeks ago. There's a puzzle that you get to put together as a dynasty owner. And when you read that context appropriately and you look at the whole picture, you'll understand when players start playing well, why that's happening. And when they're not playing well, why that's happening. And you'll be ready for the drops and you'll be ready for the increases on these values. And a lot of problems for these people, they can't see that. Ayuk, I told people that numerous times would be like, do I sell? Do I hold? <laughs> Bro, just chill out. Like either you're, you're you're built for dynasty or you play redraft. But guys like Ayuk, they're too talented to be held back for too long. Javante Williams is, 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 is a perfect example of you buy him at the beginning of the season and you just stash him. Akers was that guy last year. J.K. Dobbins was that guy last year. DeAndre Swift. I mean, there's multiple guys you can look at and you can say, I see the talent. It's just going to take some time. I'll get off my soapbox and let you guys talk, but it's just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so frustrated with seeing that shit on Twitter. Cause it's like, people want to act like they're clever and they pivot back and forth. No, bro. Like you read what happens, you make a reaction. And then when something changes, you make that reaction, yeah. like learn to evaluate, make a stand and sit on it. Like that shit just drives me yeah. nuts, bro. You're not an expert. And I, I, the, the one thing that proved to me, that Johnny Johnny's hype. <laughs> oh man, I saw him through the camera. I'm sorry, I had to crack up. But the the thing with pivoting that really upset me this year was seeing Michael Pittman just absolutely go nuts after I, I dealt him away in a, a decent amount of leagues. Yeah, and I, I was big on Pittman last year. Johnny and I were big on Dawson Knox. Yeah, um, a couple other guys, and this has been their year this year, and it really. You know, last year was my first year playing Dynasty, and that was really the best lesson that I could have learned because I didn't trust myself. I I, yeah. I I thought, you know, these NFL coaches, they're smarter than me. They're not targeting Michael Pittman. They're <laughs> targeting Zach Pascal. Yeah. You know, they're targeting Michael Strachan, whatever his name is, the fifth string receiver. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get Pittman out of here. I got to, you know, I got to dump him off quick. Now somebody offered me Elijah Mitchell and a first-round rookie in a Devy League. Like, and now I'm I, I got him in like an auction for I don't know how much it was, but I'm definitely profiting on whatever I paid for him in that auction by getting the starting running back and a rookie first. Yeah. So I, I I've learned that if I'm gonna be wrong, I'm gonna be wrong with my take. And exactly. Whether you're gonna feel way better if you see yeah, with your own takes. Whether I'm ignorant or I'm not, you know, it's it's the beauty of dynasties that you don't pay my buy-in, bro. I pay my damn buy-in. Think about it like this, and I love that take. Look at Jamar Chase, right? Like, there was people that legitimately were panicking on him. I had people sell me him in trades that I'm not going to say I robbed them, but I got him at a value from where his startup value versus, like, his rookie value and and where he was going prior to the offseason stuff started happening. He's a top two-round startup pick now, would you guys say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. He's going to be Justin Jefferson territory like you like last year, you know, <laughs> like, like at beginning of the second back of the first. Yeah. And, no, and listen, Jamar. Oh, probably 204 range. Yeah. yeah mid, mid second. I'd say he's yeah. probably going to go there. And listen, you have to as a dynasty owner. Listen, we're at that point in the season where people just need to understand everybody is a built is built with emotion in this game. There's people that want to win and there's people that don't want to be patient. 
And when that happens, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Antonio Gibson. He was a guy that I saw countless people, RB1 upside, the RB1 upside, top five running back, dynasty-wise, going to explode, going to have a huge workload. I thought he'd be RB, like top 12 guy. CMC-type workload. The guy's been hurt all year. If you don't use that context to understand why they're using Jarrett Patterson to run and J.D. McKissick to catch passes, you're going to fucking sell him. And then when he plays really well next year, you're going to hate like, him. Oh, man. It I was just, Thanksgiving last year. He had three it. touchdowns. I remember right? that Dallas game. Yeah, you yeah. tore him up. And it's like, dude, I, I get it. We're playing a game where you want to win money. Championships over everything. I agree. But when you have a player that you know the talent is there, he's playing through an injury all year. There's context to why he's not looking great. And it's like people want to sit there and pretend like, yeah, he's not, he's not what I thought he was. Or maybe you just don't realize he's hurt right now and it's going to nag him all year long. You either hold him, respect the fact that he's going to be a, a you know an RB3 flex option. It is yeah. what it is. He'll have a couple goal line carries throughout the season and maybe you get a little more out of him in those games. It just is what it is with him right now. Or you sell him and you shut the fuck up and you get over it. I mean, it's just, I'm so tired of the, the pivots for here and like, nah, bro. He's it's still every, week, it's it's every two weeks. It's yeah. ridiculous. These guys, they just, they can't, they can't stick with these, these, these takes because it's like, they, I don't know. I don't know if it's, just, I don't think any to... of us have majorly swung. Like, okay, obviously, Jamar Chase, obviously going to move way up. Well, you I swung on Waddle, Nikki, but it was beginning of the season. You that made was before decision there was, that was injury that was before concerns. there was an NFL yeah. game played. But that's my point. Like, yes, these people you, are changing you, after seeing them play one time. Like, oh my God. You like made I, changes based off of knowledge that you you gathered, but at the same time, you made educated decisions and you hedged your bets. You said, you know what? Maybe I'm not exactly right about this. So you bought a few I drafted shares. Waddle in every best ball. And look at you now. You're <laughs> sitting here and you're like, yo, dude, this guy's really effing good. Like Devontae Smith, I know, I know Khan's not a huge fan of his game, but he's played really, really well and continue to yeah. improve. He's yeah. him in college, disgusting. you know he's going to be a stud. It's so easy. Like, <laughs> But it's okay. Like, if Khan doesn't like that guy, like, that's all right. Like, he's he's willing to go down talent. with that. Khan didn't like the situation and shit. Well, I mean, I, I said, like, uh, Devontae was, at, well, I, I forgot. I think he was my already receiver four. Um, yeah. and, like, am I wrong on that? I think I still have Waddle over him. But Devontae Smith looks good. And looks really good. He does. He had a great game this week. And, you know, if you want to tell me I'm wrong, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't, I don't sit here up, up here in this mic as, you know, a 20-year-old dude playing Dynasty football. I'm going to be like, no, my opinion is supposed to be right and you're wrong. Like, dude, if you feel See, different. that's why than- you'll get better, bro. Yeah. So, like. If you if you disagree, like that's perfectly fine. Devontae Smith is legitimately good. Yeah, I just, I just made the the internal like acceptance where like I'm okay missing on this guy. Yeah, I remember you you literally said point blank like verbatim your your words were if I miss on him I'll be okay with it. I'd yeah. rather miss on him and him be good than invest in him and be right about the fact that he sucked. And yeah. listen, that's okay. Listen, I, I sold Mike Williams, Robert Woods, and. I don't remember. It was Ramadre Stevenson for yeah, yeah. in that league, right? And you you yeah. lost your mind. Listen, at the time, it was a very fair trade. Mike Williams, he was, you know, killing it. Robert Woods is Robert Woods. He's a value. Ramadre Stevenson, people felt he was going to take Damian Harris's job. Listen, at right now, DJ Moore, he's, I think, wide receiver 11 still. He's not performing great, but I still would make that trade in my, in my sleep. Because look, Mike Williams, he's falling off a cliff. And people want to say, oh, well, you know, He's going to play better. You know, he's getting a good target share. Listen, Mike Williams was never going to be a top five dynasty wide receiver. If you didn't sell him at his peak, you don't know how to play this game appropriately. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Debo Samuel. Yeah, he looks great. He's not a top five dynasty wide receiver. If you're not selling these guys at peak value, listen, I get people want to win. Cooper but like, Cup. They're not going to carry that value throughout the season. Now, Cooper Cup's interesting because he legitimately is in a situation Cup's a little where he's different. getting peppered constantly. Like, <laughs> Debo, like, Dude, yeah, yeah, Kittle okay. fell so, off the face. You know what I mean? They fell yeah, off the because Coop is the one, but Debo's not the one, and uh, and yeah. what's his face not the Mike one? Williams yeah, is I, the I one. Like yeah, yeah. they're not the alphas of those offenses. So like, yes, they're great players. They can help you win. They're going to put up numbers, but they were ranked in the top three to five 
for a period of time throughout the season and, and people are sitting there not looking at context. Again, puzzle pieces. If you don't look at the full picture, what ends up happening? A guy starts underperforming. A guy starts playing, you know, not as good. He's not producing. You won't know why. So if you can't read the market appropriately and why those shifts happen before they happen, you'll never get ahead of the curve. And that's another reason why I feel like with people in dynasty, they get frustrated. They don't want to play. They don't like making trades. They, they lose interest because they don't really know what they're doing and, and they, and they play off of emotion and it'll screw you every single time. So. I also want to mention one thing. Yeah, go ahead. So I don't, you guys are in this league and I don't remember what league or who it was, but we were talking, we said some shit and this guy's like, Oh, the experts are talking. I forget who it was, but someone was like, Oh, like saying we're experts because, because we have a podcast. Have a podcast. And I'm like, bro, none of us, <laughs> think we're experts well, that's the thing like people give me shit and say i won't own a take we're doing this take- for yeah. opinion like yeah. we don't give a shit what you think we we really do. we're doing this for us like we, like, we give a shit what you what you guys think about how to improve our podcast yes but- of course i'm saying we don't give a shit <laughs> yeah. if you're trying to say we're experts and we have never once in our lives at all inferred that we're any sort of expert this is like listen what do we say on the first part we're three guys three giants fans that's what i'm just reminding people because someone talked that shit i forget who it was it was (laughs) probably it's okay it's okay yeah whatever no names no names the point is like we're we're just actually trying to have a good time and we're having fun but the end of the end of the day everybody can make their own decisions when it comes to their teams like khan said it's his buying and he's going to make the decisions based off what he feels is best. But when you can learn to gauge the market and understand why a player is performing where they're performing, like right now, a really interesting topic. We'll, we'll, we'll shift up a little bit. Kadarius Tony. Now, he's a polarizing name right now because when it comes to him as a player, game breaker. You could see it. As soon as the ball's in his hands, he's going to make somebody miss every time, no matter what. It could be a two-yard gain. It could be He's behind the line of scrimmage by three yards and he just gets back to the line of scrimmage. Someone's going to miss. That's an incredible talent that not a lot of players possess. So if he's utilized appropriately in that offense, he should be a guy that does well. But if you watch the Giants this week, you realize Joe Judge's offense is predicated on controlling the clock and controlling the flow of the game. He wants to live off of his defense and he wants to run the fucking ball. That's what he wants to do. Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay combined for three catches this week. That's not good. Like, it's not a lot at all. So if you're looking at him as a player and his value, you had peak value when he played Dallas. I'm not saying he's not that player and he doesn't have that capability to be that long term. I have him on a couple teams. I'm going to hold him, see what happens. But people out here saying he's worth a first plus or you're going to get, you know, a better player for him than he's actually worth. Like, you're not playing the market appropriately. Either you're holding him, hoping he's going to continue to improve as a player and he's going to have that value or you're just accepting the reality that like you're not going to get a player in next year's draft or you're, you're going to get a player in next year's draft. that's going to hold more value than him. So a first for him right now, I, I think is a fair value. I mean, would you guys agree? Yeah. We, yeah. Were, we were kind of talking, uh, sorry, Nick, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Right there. I was literally just saying yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, we were talking off air and we were talking about how like, <coughs> oh, excuse me guys. Um, how really all three of us kind of feel like, you know, for Tony, at at most, you're you're gonna give up like a late first, and it's not because, like Johnny said, we think he got worth as a player, or you know, blah blah blah. blah. It's just it's not a bust. He's yeah. just not worth more than the guys coming out next year. Exactly, and and we were we were going over the projected class for 2022, right? And give I was looking names. up these names. You list um, that in those names again. <laughs> yeah, 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 because because Nikki, uh, I want to listen back. This. So. In the 2022, in my in my rankings for the projected class, these are all the names, not in order, but this is, you know, just a list of prospects coming out. So you have Matt Corral, Isaiah Spiller. You have Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, David Bell. That's already six guys. Now you got Drake London, Jalen Watermeyer, Kenneth Walker, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, Sam Howell. That's a full round in a 12-team league. So if you're telling me you would trade, you know, David Bell for Kadarius Toney, you know, we love Kadarius Tony. We all do. We're three Giants fans, but <laughs> it's not even you know, a question. It, like if you have the, if you have the free range of the one ten, and you get to pick the wide receiver three in this class, you're gonna have the freedom to pick the guy who you believe the most talent wise, the guy who you believe the most in situationally, and it's your guy. Like you know, you t- you could turn 
people probably got Kadarius Tony as a late second, early third. Nobody wanted him. I saw him. I saw him going usually like mid, like two four to two nine. Range. I took him mid second yeah. a few times. Yeah, two okay. four to two nine was about so, where I saw him. So let let's go on like, like a two seven. You know, you you draft the guy two seven, and you're probably not in love with him, but you're taking a shot because you think he's he's talented. Whether it's, it's a dart throw. Yes. At that point, it's a dart throw. Yeah. So you're cashing in on Tony, and you're gonna get a supreme talent. You're gonna go in the first two rounds. Uh, whether it's another receiver or it's a quarterback, like we said, or it's a tight end or it's a running back, you have so much more flexibility. And it's kind of like why I love draft picks. And I I get, you know, I get rightfully so probably because I probably go overboard too many times, but I love draft picks. And it's because in a league, I I traded Robert Woods and I got got a, a first. I got Brian Edwards. I traded Robert Woods in a third, sorry, for a first, a second, and Brian Edwards. So... I don't care if that first is 112. I'm getting a player who I would want to take over Robert Woods anyway. And then I'm getting somebody who I like in Brian Edwards. And I'm getting another second. Like, draft picks just contain so much internal value. And I saw a lot of discussion on this on Twitter this week from uh, Mike Liu, Mike, at Mike Mia P, who's, who's yeah. a great follow. He is. Um, it, it's people always love to say, oh, Ricky picks are only this and that until you put a name to it. And if I tell you, oh, would you trade me Kader, uh, Drake London for Kadarius Tony? People are going to be split on that. And, and you know, rightfully so. You know, obviously we just said it's it's their team, but there are guys coming out of this draft who are going to be back in first round and they're, they may be a little bit more talented than Kadarius Tony. Whether, whether, you know, we end up being correct in that or wrong on that, but they're also going to be able, like I said, to have the freedom of picking the situation of the player who they want. And that's just the reality. Did, of- you, did you see that missed tackle rate? Drake London ranked second only to Kadarius. Yo, that's tragic. Oh, really? Him, bro. I, I know. He, yeah, the the knee issue. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I can think of right now three running backs. This is just off the top of my head. Three running backs, four wide receivers, a tight end, two QBs. That yeah. Just right there. That's a round of players that I would take over Kadarius Tony right now. So that's my point. It's like, if I'm trading a rookie first for him, it's a late one, and it's because I like the player. And You're drafting Kadarius Tony with your pick, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's just, I think people need to understand context again with these p- positions when it comes to trades. Like, if you're getting a first for a player like that, listen. If you don't like Daniel Jones, then why the hell are you holding Kadarius Tony? They're not getting rid of him. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. I'm telling you right now, Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback for the Giants next year. Plain and simple. Whether there's you no, like it or you don't, yeah, he's going to be yeah, the starting like, quarterback. Because there's no rookie QB coming out that is going to be ranked more than him, higher than him. Because the rookie QBs aren't great, but at the same time, it's super flex, so they're going to hold more value than a player like Kadarius Tony. And the Giants aren't going to go out and get a Deshaun Watson. That's not happening. John Mayer is out here pushing the, the taunting rule. So if you idiots think the Giants are going to freaking get Deshaun Watson, you're high. Um, <laughs> this has been an aggressive pod. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, we're, we're a little we're a little heightened. I just got out of the gym, yeah. so I'm, I'm pumped up. Um, they're not trading for Russell Wilson, and they don't have the money for Aaron Rodgers. So again, if you don't like Daniel Jones, why are you holding Kadarius Tony? He's going to be his quarterback. And Jason Garrett, I hate to break it to everybody, he's going nowhere. And guess what? This if is he doesn't Joe go Judge's anywhere. Office. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 we'll send some people out shots fired off the pod this is the problem that's joe judge's offense so listen we're giants fans we're not going to stick on the giants for too long you know you guys want to hear other stuff so let's let's keep it moving because I, I have another quick one and then i'll kind of open it up for you guys if there was any questions or anything for the pod today lamar jackson and the disrespect this guy's gotten if he has not silenced his haters this year yep. i really don't know what needs to happen for that to to be the case but he's done everything, man. I mean, coming from behind, he's improved as a passer. That Colin offense, Coward said he couldn't play from behind. Thank you, Colin. Well, Colin Coward, yeah. I mean, he just – I love listening to him because he sounds the first like time it was just about. shitty Colts. Yeah. And the second time, oh, the, there was a fumble. Yeah. The Chiefs lost it. And then, oh, the third time, oh, it's – it's old. It's a Shut narrative up. at this point. Yeah. Shut like, up, like listen, Lamar God. Jackson has proven himself in every possible way. And listen, I'm just wanting to do. Bro? Yeah. I'm just really excited. <laughs> and listen, I get it. People are talking about, well, they had a lot of running backs go down. That's why they're passing more. You can call it what you want. Well, I mean, it's going I, well. I said at the beginning of the year, I felt they were going <laughs> to 
<laughs> I, just, I thought they were going to shift their offense a little bit to more passing. And listen, Lamar had 120 rushing yards this 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 last week. So obviously he's still he's still running. But God, man, I just I just love watching this guy succeed because of all the shit he's gotten as a player. You love watching him come from behind too. Yeah, it's exciting. Of I mean, I mean, knowing that he can do something that people said he couldn't do, I just want to be able to kind of have him stick it to him. It's just like Tua and it's these other guys. Like they love to hate on these players and it's just, I don't know. It's exciting to see. So You know, I think Lamar is the only player in fantasy who has over three uh three or more 40 point games. And bro, I am just Tyler didn't hit that. I, I was about to double check because I know nobody else did besides uh well college quarterback A, let's see, one, two. No, he didn't get it. He has two 40 point games. And Lamar has two 40 pointers and a 50 pointer. No, Lamar, there's I mean, he's awesome, man. God, man. If you That's, like football, you I mean, come on. You like Lamar Jacks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did now did we circle back on the JT Swift topic yet? Have I brought that up? Yeah, we did. We talked about that. No, 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 we didn't. We didn't talk about that. I we didn't, didn't think we did. No, Nick, no, what no, are you doing? Trying, trying to contain to... him. Oh, shut up! Come on. <laughs> no, Listen, JT I... is the RB one. DeAndre Swift. I haven't finished my rankings. Two or three. All right, all right. But listen, I just want to come back because I got a lot of shit from you guys and, and, and homeboy in the chat right there. Yeah, but but Khan was like, "You can't see that," and I'm like, "No, I can't." And he's like, it's "Because what are you the target about? share on a shitty offense." <laughs> listen, bro. Listen, I want you to understand something. So me Jonathan and Taylor is the big play. Me man. and Davey boy were talking. Listen, listen. We were talking this week. Our editor. Do you know that this week, week nine was the first time Jonathan Taylor exceeded 18 touches. Wow. In a game, he had 19 carries, 19 carries for 172 yards. He averaged nine yards per carry, guys. (laughs) He averages those numbers. I don't think people understand how efficient of a run, bro. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry this year. Yeah, that is Jamal Charles territory. That's Jamal Charles territory. And that's the first time he had over 18 carries this season because last year he had it a couple times. You know, Nick Chubb in his career, random fact, averages 5.3 only behind Jamal Charles for like his career. Yeah, he's well, he also has one of the best offensive lines. Of course, (laughs) that helps. But no, I, I, yeah, it's a it's dude, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, all up there as as some of the best pure running backs in the NFL. Derrick Henry may be, may go down as like one of the the best running backs ever. I think he will. And bro, if he can make a comeback this year before he comes back for the playoffs, oh my god, imagine if he did (laughs) and they and they made a Super Bowl run. I, dude, I hope so, man. I can't tell you something that would make me more happy than you guys know my, you guys know my thoughts on. You know, the Giants taking Saquon and all that. But Derrick Henry just carries something different about him. Where, like, we got Derrick Henry. He is the freaking man. Like, when you step on a football field, you get scared of him. Yeah. Well, he's, a, he's, he's a polarizing. Remember Brandon Jacobs when we had him or Jerome yeah. Bettis? Like, we uh-huh. played for the Steelers. Like, there's just certain running backs when they play, they're, they're just. I mean, he's a woolly mammoth, dude. He's Mike Allstock like, gives him up to the fullbacks. He was a <laughs> Mike Allstock. My boy's bringing it back old school. But yeah, I just listen. I got shit for saying that Swift over Taylor was crazy. Um, I still think it's crazy. I'll always think it's crazy. Jonathan Taylor to me was always crazy. a generational running back. I mean, I'm sorry, bro. They're Jonathan right there, Taylor, though. you can't you can't deny that there's no right. way you could put Swift over Taylor. And I'm not saying do, over. I'm if saying you do, I'm gonna right spit on you. There. I'm gonna spit Jesus on you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I just I, I just had to bring that back because I know me and Kyle were going back and forth, and he said I was being a little okay. So real quick, him. Johnny has to uh, you have to admit it. How do you like your quarterback one's wide receiver one? I mean, Aaron Rodgers struggling, bro. No, how do you like Darnell Mooney? Um, did you not watch the two drives where he scored this week? No, he did. He did because he was I, talking about it. Listen, <laughs> I saw it. You my can boy just admit that, that he is dying. a good player. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call him a good player. That's oh the my problem. god! Listen, this guy's gonna need some cannolis. Listen, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> He's referencing a joke. Uh, our editor and I were going back and forth on some values, and I I told him to shove it up a cannoli. Um, here's the thing. All right, I'm not gonna bull bull crap you. I think that Mooney has had some good games, but at the same time, he's creeping a wide receiver two territory. He's number 33 on the year. Yeah, I mean he's. If he finishes top 24, away. what are you gonna say? 
if he finishes top, 24, I don't think he's finishing top. 24. I don't think he will. Listen, but if he finishes top twenty four, all I'm gonna listen, listen, listen. If he finishes top twenty four, all I'm gonna say is I'm gonna be insufferable about Justin Fields because that just means that my boy Fields <laughs> has been going crazy the second half of the season. Listen, I'll give it to you. Mooney's had some good games. I'm not gonna BS you and pretend like he hasn't. I still don't love him as a player. I still don't think he's somebody that's gonna be a long term dynasty hold for me you know if i had him in any leagues i'd probably sell right after this game i listen again he's looked good but he hasn't looked good enough for me to switch to saying he's that guy he's literally been the wide receiver one on that team i will say i will say though that catch in the end zone when fields threw that absolute dime to him and he he got that toe toe drag swag yeah bro i was i was feeling really good when when that happened not piss anyone else off that jimmy graham had four red zone targets and jimmy Graham dropped that one this isn't 2012 this is 2021 i mean cole Komet looked good bro bro i just i want to say a couple weeks ago i said before the frymuth breakout you got to buy pat frymuth listen uh, Connie, Con, Con, Connie, Con and Connie. I are talking a deal right now involving Pat Fairmuth, and I'm a little nervous. And we we haven't decided anything yet, but it's it's one we're going back and forth on, and it's involving Fant and Fairmuth, and he's an interesting player right now, right? Because he's basically the wide receiver too on that team. Because Big Ben cannot throw deep to Claypool, so. Listen, also, guys, if you own Chase Claypool in any leagues, you roster him, however you want to word, um, word it. Same thing as Ayuk, do not sell him. Yeah, I, I can't sell. I'm sorry. Really Unless you're you desperate and you're in a, some him. big money league and you're like, God, I need. Listen, I'm sorry, man. Long term, I still I still think he's he's got the capability to, to be a. T- Listen, I'm not saying he's DK Metcalf. Do not misquote me. He has the same capability and the same downfield threat ability as a, as a DK Metcalf. He's a polarizing player. He's huge. He, he's just, he's an athletic freak, man. And I love players like that, especially ones that can gauge the nuances of a position and learn route running really well. They can catch the ball. He's just a good player and they really like him there. And listen, Pittsburgh is a, is wide receiver. You like, they just know how to bring in good wide receivers. They've been doing it for years. Um, so yeah, that's just kind You're of selling a dynasty asset off big Ben's last year. Like you're just on. stupid. Yeah. It's it's the same thing I was saying earlier with I'm sorry, I don't mean to call anyone stupid. I'm just it, like it, it to me, it's the same thing as like Antonio Gibson. Like it's reverse logic. Yeah. You just I don't know. What, what do you mean by that? What are, you, what are you talking about? Like the logical thing to do is to recognize that Ben is washed. So yes. you don't sell his you're gonna so sell you're, Claypool, try yeah. him on a chip, you're gonna lose the chip. Next year you're gonna see Claypool <laughs> fall out and you're gonna hate yourself. Say so why do I suck at that? Dude, this episode has been so like I apologize. Aggressive. I love everybody that listens. Thank you so much. Oh my this god. Is not geared man. towards any listeners. This is geared towards <laughs> people that don't listen, okay? No, because yeah, you guys are above them, so <laughs> we're the experts, right? We don't we don't tell yeah, people right? experts, we don't claim yeah. when we're wrong. Um listen, again, I'll bring it back. Chase and Rondell this year. I felt very oh, actually that brings forget that. That brings me back. So I see a lot of people ready to give up on Rondell, calling him a true face planter this season. Ooh, Johnny saw well, my I tweet for him. <laughs> I don't know if I saw. I may have saw your tweet. I've been saving a lot of Rondell tweets out there because I'm re- I'm ready for it. But this is the thing: AJ Green is not coming back next year. DeAndre Hopkins, he's phenomenal, but we're seeing the age there. The, the soft t- tissue injuries are happening. I'm not saying he's going to be done next season. I think <laughs> he has a few more years with that team. But here's the reality: Christian Kirk. I don't see them re-signing him. I Listen, see them re-signing him, but I, he's you not. Think like, so? You think they bring him back? I think they bring him back because AJ Green's not going to be there. See, here's uh, the thing. I, I, I see it more as they bring somebody else in. They let Kirk walk. They or let they AJ draft Green someone. Walk. Or they re-sign Isabella for dirt cheap. Nah, Isabella's gone. Well, he's, Isabella's still on his rookie contract, right? Yeah, for one yeah, year, I think. I don't. Th- yeah, he's he's not that he's good, that. but he's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> not that he's good, but he's relevant. <laughs> I say he's relevant. I say he's gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I, listen, guys. If if it's dynasty, I'm I'm holding very strong on my Rondell. Listen, he's never gonna be a player that is going to be an alpha. He's never gonna be a top five wide receiver. You have to just understand that he's the type of player that's gonna be a yak monster. He's the kind of guy that like. <sighs> 
I don't want to compare him to a Randall to a like a, a younger Randall Cobb because I think they're they're different types of players, but he just has that game breaking ability in the open field. And yeah, he's gonna have to get force fed targets to an extent. But if he has seven, eight touches a game, I feel very comfortable with still having him as my wide receiver two in the class. Um, I think Jalen Waddles, and, and that's that's me saying how beautiful of a, of a player I think he is because I still think Jalen Waddle is going to be phenomenal. I still think Rashad Bateman is going to be phenomenal. I still think Devontae Smith is going to be phenomenal. I just think Rondell Moore has a different type of bil- ability that I value as a player. And in that type of offense, I think it's a match made in heaven with Kyler. So um, kind of my closing piece on that is he's another player I'm, I'm holding strong on long-term. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about was that, a loyal listener of the pod, Blake's dad, he tweeted at us and he said he took advantage of a Justin Jefferson owner and he traded Austin Eckler for Justin Jefferson, Rondell Moore, and a mid-2022 second. And bravo, that's a haul. Hold on, can you repeat that one more time? Traded Eckler. Wow. <clears throat> and wow. he got Justin Jefferson, Rondell Moore, and a mid-second this year. And I can't even get my guy. Eckler. Come on, bro. <laughs> bro, that is... Yeah, that's, that is... Listen, listen, just based off the fact that Listen, I'm not a zero RB guy. I'm not going to say I'm, to you, I love running that. backs, but my God, just shifting the assets there is just, because yep. I mean, Jefferson is going to hold his value another four or five years. Rondell, obviously we just spoke about him and then you get a second out of it. I mean, dude, if that second turns into a guy like a Drake London, cause he falls because of the injury, people are worried. Same with Jalen Waddle this season. Um, kudos to you, man. God, that just got me. That made me want to go make some trades. JP, so yeah. see, you're the obviously the Rondell man. Mm-hmm. So in a redraft, my boy was like, "Oh, I need Fab." So I traded twenty Fab and Gerald Everett for Rondell oh. Moore. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, oh, you mean he traded Rondell for twenty Fab and and Gerald Everett? Yeah, yes. I got Rondell. Okay. Yeah, Here's yeah, the yeah. thing, and and I think this is like I feel awesome. like it's oh oh, oh it was with you. Oh okay, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, dude, that's nice. I think my honest take on Rondell as of right now this year, it listen, it is frustrating. He needs an injury to be relevant, right? I don't know about that. Um, it's not tough, him, I right? mean Kirk, like, or AJ. No, 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 I know, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you mean. Like, he needs an injury on the team to become relevant in the passing. Not that we root point. for injuries. But. No, I just, it's tough. <laughs> Disclaimer. Man, I mean, Disclaimer. Yeah, just, we do <laughs> not want to get canceled. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We don't. We don't. We don't circle on uh, on injuries. But I get what you're saying. I, I think the tough part with Rondell this season is it's just the utilization and hoping that they continue to utilize him in, in the places that he succeeds, right? Like on those slant routes, on those bubble screens and, you know, Underrounds. yeah, stuff like that. I mean, he's the kind of player they do have to utilize more and get him more involved. And I think we're at that half point through the season for the most part, maybe a little bit past it. Um, we can kind of hope to see that a little bit more this year. Redraft wise. I don't, I don't really know where to put him. Um, but he's, like, he's, the dark. he's a clear drop in redraft. Honestly, like we said, he needs, Somebody at the top of the depth chart to come down for uh, for him to be relevant, and it's probably yeah, it's tough. unfortunately I mean, not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if I'm dropping him it, now. If I'm in a, sh- a really shallow league, like obviously if there's better players on the wire that are performing more, of course, yeah. But like I, I'm in a redraft league now, and I think I have him as our wide receiver, like seven or something stupid. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm I'm holding him just. So in our dynasty leagues, we give points for punt returns, kick returns. He is involved in that. So there's, there's value for him. Like I can throw him in the flex and I can expect 10 to 12 points a week out of him as of right now. I'm okay with that. Obviously he's in concussion protocol right now. If people didn't know is a little bit of a neck um, injury. So I don't know if he's going to play this week, um, but he's a great buy low candidate. If you can get him for like a second or something right now, I'm yeah. smashing that man. Cause again, I, I think that players like him waddle, Bateman, Devonte Smith, like they're all going to be very good wide receivers. Chase is just a tier by himself. As the guy who many said was uh, Rondell Moore hater and whatnot, this is just a tweet that I wanted to, to say that I had put out. So, and I quote, I said, I was pretty anti Rondell Moore at cost this offseason. But with the lack of production these last few weeks, I think there could be a good buy window here. DeAndre Hopkins is showing his age, and we know AJ Green is in the long term play. So, I think we've, we've kind of summarized all that in this segment. And I wanted to highlight the at cost part because at cost right now, you can, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident you can get somebody, you know, if you're in five, six leagues, you can find one where somebody's panicking around no more. Yeah, you will. hundred percent. Listen, I'm not, 
we're all human. You know what I mean? Like I had a, a day last week where I was reading something and I thought to myself, was I wrong on this kid? And I started looking through some different things and, and I felt more comfortable after I had that thought. And listen, self-evaluation in dynasty and fantasy in general is probably the greatest tool you can have. And it's one of your greatest assets as an owner to understand and be transparent with yourself and say, did I miss on this guy? Is he who I thought he was? And it, like Antonio Gibson, Javante, um, all the players we've talked about tonight, when they start performing really well, and maybe you were a little too low or vice versa, it's really good to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, this is why I felt the way I felt. Let me go back and look at these, you know, whatever it is, articles you've read, you know, games you've watched, clips you saw, people that have broken down different film that they've looked at, you know, however it is you study a prospect and look into them, go back to that and get back to that basis. It's like Brandon Ayuk, I stood really strong in pretty much most of my leagues. I think I sold them in one, it was a good deal. I liked it and I ended up making the deal. But at the same time, it's like, I went back to it and it's like, no, I believe this guy is who I think he was. I'm just going to have to wait. Kenny Galladay. I mean, listen, right now it sucks. He's had like five or six different injuries. The Giants offense has not been good since um, um, Andrew Thomas has gone down. You know, obviously they've kind of pushed more to a rushing offense. Saquon Barkley's been out. Shep's been hurt. So it doesn't mean that I don't believe what I thought about Kenny Galladay, Galladay to be true. It just means it is what it is right now. He's still one of the best contested catch wide receivers in the league per PBFF since 2018, I believe. So you you just have to look at your process and understand sometimes you're going to miss, but if you know what you're doing and you're hitting more than you're missing, just keep with it. And that's how I feel about it. I mean, yeah. fantasy scouts, Matt nine was on with us and, and listen, that guy he'll miss on a guy or two, but he hits a lot and, and I can really lean on him and talk with him and, and learn a lot about prospects. And I've kind of developed my own process, you know, with some of his blueprints and the way he looks at things. And I'll tell you, man, if, if you're, if you have eight guys that you're all in on and you hit on five of them, you're doing okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the, um, what's it called? Uh, if, if you, you know, if you're giving out picks, if you're, if you're giving out sports picks and you return money, like you're golden. Yeah. Cause you averages, baby. Yeah. So the thing that, you know, we discuss over here is, you know, process over results. And everybody wants to see results, obviously. But, you know, you don't want to just be getting lucky. You want to be doing things the right way. You know, you want to do things with reason. And you want to see your reasoning for a player, you know, to succeed or whatnot come to light. And, you know, that's that's how we do. We want to, we want to make sure that, you know, we are sustaining success, building teams, dynasty teams that last while winning. Yep. And with that being said... We're going to transition over to the dogs of the week for this week, boys. Let's recap last week. Did we talk it yet? No, we didn't. We did. Con, that's shameful. I know we did poorly, but listen. All right. I had Albert <laughs> O last week. All right, guys. I'm going to, I'm going to, I called my shot. I said he was going to be, what did I say? Top eight. I was, I was getting a little, a little silly with it, but I, I felt well, like he, he was, was a tight end one, though. Was he a tight end one? I, I assume so. He put up double digits, didn't he? So in tight end premium leagues, which is 0.75 we play in, he had 9.5 points. He played oh. 81% snaps, five targets, worry, I played four receptions. Points, so he got 10. Okay, <laughs> he, got, he got 10 in Nikki's leagues. So he had 25 yards, four receptions. He scored about nine and a half points. So listen, if you were streaming him last week, I think he did pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't a smash, but I think as a flex option or a fill-in for the bye weeks, Feel pretty good about it, so I'm, I'm not. Listen, yeah. I'm not going to victory lap. I'm not going to say I lost. We're, we're okay. lukewarm. Yeah, we're, we're lukewarm. Just, yeah, we're just right in the middle. We dipped our toes in. We're feeling all right. All right, go ahead. <laughs> what did you have? Yeah, I had Zach Moss, and this is a little bit of a bummer. You know, he he was coming off like five, six good weeks where he scored in the teens. Um, you know, he just unfortunately left the game with a concussion, and it happens. The Bills in general were a complete clown show this week. Uh, you know, anytime you lose. To Urban Meyer and the gang, it's it's not a good uh, reflection upon your team, and they were all off this week. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen scored well this week. He didn't have no, a touchdown. Nobody on the Bills had a touchdown. Nobody really had a good game. So it's kind of one of those uh, throw it out the window games. And well, I know we don't give good. out. I know we don't give out picks over here too often, yeah. but uh, you know the Bills are huge favorites, even though they're playing at the Jets this week. You should probably throw like your entire life savings on it and you'll come out fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, nobody, nobody put your life savings on anything that we say. All right. Cause I'm not, 
I am not having that on my conscience. Some guy tweeting at me, yo, my wife left me. I lost my house. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not holding And I lost man. my fantasy league. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I didn't have a dog last week. I was off the pod. I had some business to take care of, but uh, I probably would have had been wrong too. Because it was a horrible <laughs> week. Jesus, Nikki. Not making us look good. That's a here. vote of confidence. Man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Our listeners are not happy with that one. All right, listen, let's move it on. So, dogs of the week this week. Um, I really like Bateman Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. Their defense has been really good last three weeks, but I, I do feel like it's going to be a, a solid game. Um, obviously, I think the Dolphins will try to kind of control the flow of it, slow it down a little bit, kind of neutralize Lamar. Um, but I like Bateman as a, as a nice um, wide receiver three this week. Um, I feel he could have a really good game. He's starting to come into his own last couple of weeks. He's had a, I think a target share close to about 22%, 23%. Nick Khan, please fact check yeah, me Yeah, 22, 20, and I think 16. Yes. Was it 16 this last week? It was 20 and then 16 and then 22. Okay. Yeah. yeah I thought he was back up to about 22. So yeah, I feel really good about his game this week. And, and I, I think he'll, uh, He'll, uh, he'll look to draw a nice matchup. So that's who I'm going with. Khan, you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah bro, you got it. All right, so I'm going to give you guys one that probably feels really stupid, but it's LaVisca <laughs> Chenault. Ooh, <laughs> and I know I'm going to probably say this and watch him get targeted like four times all game. But uh, we got needed, a feeling? We need it to change. He's good. He's talented. He deserves you, way mean, more work than he's getting. Agnew is not a better player than LaVisca Chenault, as much as Urban Meyer wants you to think that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a LaVisca week, so I'm going to roll with it at Indianapolis. Bad defense, divisional game. He's going to be in the end zone. Book it. Ooh, a touchdown prediction. Yeah. Okay. I'll bet him as a touchdown scorer, too. Uh I won't. I won't bet you on because I, I don't want to root against them. So, Yo, yeah, true. by the way, they the Colts defense, uh, Nikki, they rank top five right now in, in uh, not against wide receivers. They've been struggling against the wide second, receivers. so their secondary has been what's struggling. Yes, okay. their their front seven is very talented. Obviously, all right. You think I'm capping? No, I'm just. <laughs> I, I did read that their their secondary has been struggling, so I'm not. I was people capping. not from just, the New York area. Cabin means like lying. That's not like a whole thing. Like, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just making. All sure. right, kids, let's keep it moving. Come on. Sorry, sorry, geezer. All right. So <laughs> listen, I turned thirty. I I don't turn thirty for another like twenty days. So calm down. All right. All right. So I got two guys for you guys this week, and the first one is not really like an underdog pick to start, but um. Just his quarterback's coming back off a of bye week. Uh, had a good week before his bye, but before that, he had like three or four dud weeks. And it's Tyler Lockett. Um, before the Wilson injury, he was like a, a high-end, real high-end, 12 to 15 guy, uh, wide receiver too. And there's no reason he shouldn't be back in your lineup with the same amount of confidence this week. Uh, I believe they're playing the Packers. And I hope Aaron Rodgers is back. It should be a high-scoring game. I'm playing Tyler Lockett with the utmost confidence. Uh, they, if they were able to get him the ball 12 times with Geno Smith in the lineup, he'll, he'll score this week with Russell Wilson back. Um, and then second off, Miles Gaskin tomorrow night against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are, you know, we obviously have seen them be an electric offense and the Dolphins going to have to play catch up. Uh, hopefully two is back. I, I really want to see him on the national stage because it's not too often that Tua gets national games. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I, I'm looking for Gaskin to catch maybe four or five, maybe six passes. Um, and, you know, when you got to move the ball up and down the field to catch up with the Ravens, there's always touchdown upside. There's always, you know, just making a good game out of pure volume. So that's my two guys for this week. Yo, real like quick. It. So, Johnny, you're the two big two guy. I saw last week, I was watching like Red Zone. Um, I saw that he was like declared out and then he was warming up on the field, totally healthy. And then he was put as the backup. So was yeah. he like intentionally benched? Like, what are they doing? Nah, like, I he was had the broken finger. Yeah. So he, his uh, middle finger, there's a slight fracture on his throwing hand. He's left-handed 
And but he was healthy enough to be the backup and perform pregame. Well, I, I think that was I think that was more so. So his I, his issue, from what I've read and what I've seen, is throwing the ball down the field. He can't get a good grip on the ball to get enough velocity to make downfield throws. Um, so they felt like they wanted to give him another week off. Listen, at this point, there's obviously a lot of. They don't deserve the turmoil over yeah. there. Yeah, so I, I don't know. There could be an aspect to it where he said, no, I don't feel right. I don't want to play. There could be an aspect to it where they said, you know, let's just, let's just keep him out. Yeah, so I don't really know 100%. I think the media likes it kind of – you got to remember too when there's a story. I didn't look at the media. I just saw what I saw. No, I know, I know. I, I saw that. I saw the exact thing that you're talking about. I'm just saying. I think that when stuff like that comes out with specific situations, like there's going to be kind of some sort of narrative thrown out because I saw a few people tweeting that exact video and saying, "Oh my God, is Tua saying he won't play, or you know, does the team not want him?" Like you, it's all speculation at this point, but as the team way they treated him, him bro, there's no question. Like you could, well, here's, here's the problem. So right? messed up, man. That's so pathetic. Did you see, um, what their GM Black said really pissed me name. off. He, so they came out and asked him, do you believe that Justin Herbert was not taking Justin Herbert over to it was the wrong decision. And he mm-hmm. said, I'll let you answer that. Like saying <laughs> something like that about your quarterback, man, like, I'm sorry, bro. That that's, Listen, it's one thing to go after a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's a top three quarterback like that. To me, it's like I can't hate it too much because I get it. But at the same time, the guy has like all these like rape charges or I don't know if they're rape charges. I, it's, I, I, I think it's I don't know how to characterize them, but they're sexual harassment charges. I apologize. Massage charges. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah so, so whatever you want to categorize it as whatever. Like you obviously don't respect Tua enough to keep that on the down low. And, 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 and all that has gone on for the last few months. But then to like say that it, it's just so I don't know, Nikki. It, it's hard to say. I think at this point, like they don't deserve the kid. I'll tell you that. Um, it was just yeah. shocking. Like I, I would really like, love. Really honestly, stupid. you know where I want him to go? I would love for the Denver Broncos to go get him because I feel like him and that offense, man. Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams. Jesus, man. I just that would yeah. be a real test because he could not struggle there. He could not. <laughs> I mean, dude, he's looked really good with a bad team. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, oh, look, let, let me tell you. So if you don't know the Dolphins owner, is a lot of- if you don't know the Dolphins owner, he, he, he's a big real estate guy, right? I don't know why I just threw that in there, but I did. Um, anyway, if I'm the Dolphins owner, I, I'm going up to Chris Greer, who is the general manager. And I'm going to, I'm just going to be like, oh, so you thought, or you're now saying that passing on Herbert is a mistake. And if he gives me that dumbass answer, I'm going to be like, okay. Pack your pack up your shit like you're fired. How can you give that answer? It just what it it's what it's it, it's irresponsible. Yeah, you, you make yourself look like a clown, yeah. even though we can already tell you're a clown by the fact that you drafted Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany in the first round. Bro, like bro, you bro, lit bro, two bro. first round picks on oh fire. My god, oh my god, I can't even I can't even begin to tell you the anger I have about how we're what Giants done fans. With that we rebuild. Listen, no, like my so I have a good buddy. You guys know Joe Kuipers Killers. He is a diehard Dolphins fan. And we've talked about it ad nauseum, bro. How, how, so let's just look at it from this. We'll wrap up with this and then we'll, we'll do our final dogs of the week and, and we can, we can head out. Oh, we already did. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. so, so here's the thing. So this year they had a top pick, right? They had three first, I believe what they could have very easily done. And I've, I've looked at it to see if this was a realistic method to, to building their team. And it, and it was, they could have taken Suell, right? They could have used their second first to trade up and get Slater, which they could have done because he fell to 11. So very realistically, you just drafted two tackles. The two Boom. best you, tackles. Two best tackles are done. So now your offensive line is going to be beyond what you could have imagined it would have been with what you drafted last year, right? So you've done that. Boom, done. Second round. So if you let's say you had to use that, that third first, whatever it was, it doesn't matter. You do what you have to do. You move up, you get Suell. Okay. I'm sorry, you get Slater. They could have moved up and got Javante because he fell, what, a pick before them? The Broncos moved up and dropped, yeah. grabbed him. So you know Javante is the guy you want. You know you need a running back. You move up and get him. So they could have done that, right? They had enough capital and enough picks to get Javante, Slater, Suell. And guess what else, dude? They could have also drafted a guy like Rondell, Elijah Moore. They could have gone out and got Terrace Marshall. I was about to say Terrace Marshall is yeah, the guy. So, so my point is – 
you could have legitimately retooled your entire offense in one effing draft in the first two to three rounds. You could have got two top tackles, a running back that you loved enough that you wanted, but for whatever reason you decided, yeah, let's see if he falls to us. And then you could have taken another wide receiver. Listen, I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to be a very special player. And I think right now he's tied for third all time with 56 receptions through nine games. And that's ever for a rookie. So listen, it's great. I love it. I understand why you took him. The way they've built this team is so irresponsible and so frustrating from a fan perspective. Could you imagine right now if Tua had that type of offensive line, Javante, and, and knit one of those three wide receivers I named? Well, you want me to break your heart more? Um, in, in the year where Justin Jefferson went 22nd and Brandon Ayuk went 25th and uh, T. Higgins went 33rd and Michael Pittman went 34th and DeAndre Swift went 35th, the uh, Miami Dolphins, they decided to select Austin Jackson at the 18th pick and he doesn't really play for them anymore. And they also selected. I, uh, I want to make sure I get all his uh, yeah. his name correct. Noah Igbenogany, the two guys I referenced, basically. I think um, I think he's been playing horrific. a little more. I think I'm no, not, he got I, cut, right? No, 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 no. Noah plays. Uh, Noah was playing even in the the London game, and he's improved a, a little bit. But he's it's been, it's been, just all right. But exactly what you just said, Con. Yeah, they had those two firsts. And you're telling me you could have taken any of those guys. So let's say you just, let's say you took T Higgins. So you still took Austin Jackson's and then you took T Higgins. I mean, it, it's just to me, when you look at a team that is trying to build something towards the future and you have these players like T Higgins wasn't supposed to fall to the second round. And you have these guys that have the capability of transforming your offense or your defense or whatever position it is. And you pass on them. This is why when people argue online, oh, you think you know more than NFL GMs? Sometimes, yeah, I do. Because I think they're effing idiots. And I think a guy (laughs) like, I'm sorry, I think a guy like Brandon Ayuk sitting on your bench or or not getting targets, I think it's irresponsible. And I think the way that they utilize these players, dude, Derrick Henry was behind a player for multiple years, right? Like you had Nick Chubb behind Carlos Hyde. Like people want to argue that, Oh, if, if Javante Williams is so good, why is he behind Melvin Gordon? I can name four players for you right now that sat behind another running back that they were better than, and they ended up being great running backs. It doesn't matter. It's context. And I just, the way they've built that team, man, it's, it's, it's devastating. Cause I really think if they trusted Tua and they built a real team around him right now, Oh my God. They had, they had six picks in the first two days of the draft. Bro. Imagine Slater, Sewell, Javante, T Higgins, and, and Terrace Marshall. All realistic options for them. To and, have and you know, like, now. like guys, we're obviously talking about a super hypothetical situation, but it just, it just to highlight how, how bad Chris Greer is at his job. That's, that's all we wanted to point out right here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Listen, we're, we're not playing Madden, but it's like, if I'm going into this season, I'm saying to myself, we need to fix the offensive line. We need a starting running back and we need a wide receiver. Well, guess what, buddy? I just told you how to do it. And and you, you could have, <laughs> you could have easily done that, but you were obsessed with Jalen Waddle and you gave up an extra first. Did they now the first they traded this next year? Is that the one? Is that their own first they traded? They Tom? traded their first this year. And you know what it is right now? They made like five. It's like, yeah, what they basically made a bet because they could have traded the Niners first this year, but they basically made a bet just, you know, like we're going to be better than the Niners. And the Niners haven't been good, but the Dolphins have been much worse. So, yeah, you really, you really galaxy brain that one, bro. Like, <laughs> you, you, you thought you were so smart that you were really, really dumb. Galaxy brain. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're capping out. We really appreciate everybody staying with us. Um, We were a little late on our dynasty rankings. We apologize. Things have been a little bit hectic in all of our lives um, this last few weeks, but we will have updated rankings for everybody this Sunday by this Sunday. I'll say that. Um, We'll have them released out. We'll put out a tweet. Let everybody know. Please let us know any questions, concerns, ambiguities my old boss used to like to say always hit (laughs) us up we love to chat um as always thank you so much guys hey everybody and thanks again for joining us for another episode of dynasty dogs as always we appreciate you taking the time to listen and we always have fun with you make sure you come back and join us next time and please remember to be on the lookout for us on ig and twitter at dynasty dogs ff all one word for daily updates and content this is johnny p nick and con we'll see you next time